0: Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear, true stories of Mr. President. Now... Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening, and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. Only one window on the ground floor shows a light. We enter and find ourselves in the President's study.
1: Good evening. Sit down, won't you? You know, horses aren't the only creatures that wear blinders. Some men do, too. The blinders of ambition that cuts off the view of everything except the narrow road they've decided to walk. Blinders help horses by not letting them see things they, that may frighten them. But blinders on men are dangerous, and you'll see in tonight's story. Later on, I'll tell you which president these incidents happened to. But meanwhile, I think you may be able to guess. <laughs> At the time, my vice president was a brilliant young New Yorker I'll call Tom Barr. I admired him tremendously, but suddenly I realized he was presenting me with a problem. So I invited him to come and see me. Is there any trouble, Mr. President? Well, I won't call it trouble yet. Sit down, Tom. and Don't look so worried. Well, what is it, sir? Tom, we've served almost four years together. The term is almost up, and I've got to decide something. You don't want to run for vice president again, do you? You want me to, sir? Well, that's not quite the point, Tom. I'm thinking of what's best for you, and I can see you're not happy in the vice presidency. I've been thinking about the same thing, sir.
2: Would you accept my resignation as vice president and uh, send me to France as minister?
1: Minister to France? What gave you that idea? What else is there for me to do? Well, I think I've got a better suggestion. I've been asked to name a candidate for governor of New York. I'd like to name you. That's... very good of you. You're a brilliant man, Tom, and ambitious. If you ever harness that ambition of yours, you can become one of the biggest men the country's ever had. Now, why don't you go over to New York and start your campaign? I'll endorse you. Thank you very much, sir. I accept. Good. And the sooner you get started, the better. Yes, sir.
2: Goodbye, sir. I'll keep you in form. Thank you, Tom, and
1: good luck.
3: Goodbye, Miss Hallow. Goodbye, Mr. Barr. Mr. President, I have some letters for you to sign and another report about General Arthur Wilkins in St. Louis.
1: Can't they catch that fellow? He's practically a traitor.
3: Well, they have no evidence yet. Will you sign the letters now?
1: No, put them on the desk, will you? What's my next appointment?
3: Senator Fred Harper. Oh,
1: good, and uh, I may ask him to stay for dinner.
3: Are you going to endorse Mr. Barr?
1: Well, how did you know he'd accept Oh, oh. Well, it's no crime for a man to be ambitious, Miss Sarah.
3: There's ambition and ambition.
1: You know, I never understood these women's remarks of yours, Miss Sarah. Well,
3: it's quite clear to me, at any rate. Oh,
1: is it? Well, right. well I'm <laughs> glad of that. Excuse me, Mr. President. <laughs> Surely.
3: Oh, is it in harbor?
1: Sarah. Oh, hello, Fred. Come in, Mr. President. I just met Tom Barr out in the quarter. He tells me he's going to run for governor of New York. That's right. And he tells me that you offered him the governor's nomination as his price for not running for vice president again. What? Oh, no, Fred, you misunderstood him. I like to think I never misunderstand Barr. Oh, you must have had... uh, Well, you've got it backwards. Tom's not happy as vice president. He wanted an embassy. I suggested the governorship instead. What did he lie to me about it then? Well, you don't like Tom. and Nothing he ever said or did would please you. That's absolutely right. But I have a lot of respect for him. Oh, he's self-centered sometimes. He forgets there are other people in the world. But if I can ever help him find his balance, he, he can be a great man.
2: Mr. Taylor, I've been hoping to see you for some time. You must have something very unusual to say, Mr. Barr. I have. It isn't usual for the candidate for governor of one party to have a secret meeting with the leader of the other party. Your party's growing very weak in New York, isn't it? The election is next week. We'll know then. I know now, Mr. Taylor. And if you keep on as you've been going, you may not have any party at all in this state in a few years. I want to suggest a way for you to survive. Could you be more definite, Mr. Barr? My time is limited. You and I together could run the whole of New York and New England. Run it? A political alliance. In fact, the foundation for an entirely new party. But I and my present party are absolutely opposed to you and the president who sponsors you. Never mind the president. What? I'm not talking for him or for anyone but myself. In plain language, you're doing this behind his back. I'm talking about politics, not schoolboy games. Treachery is treachery no matter where you might meet it. The president's your friend. You're campaigning with his support. And you expect me to help you? I wouldn't do it even if it guaranteed your defeat next week. It's a chance for you to say what's left of your party's power. If we're as weak as you say, why are you so anxious for our support? Because you're still strong enough to help me. What do you want out of it? The White House. You can't reach the White House by this kind of dishonesty. (laughs) Words won't keep me out. Oh, I've got more than words to fight you with. For one thing, I could make this visit of yours public. I'll call you a liar. I gave my word this meeting would be secret. I'll keep it. But I've learned a lot from your visit, Mr. Barr. I've learned just what kind of danger you can be to this country. The question here is, who shall rule? I know what you want, and I shall use every means to ensure your defeat. Taylor, I know what I want, and I know how I'm going to get it. Mr. Barr, you're in my house. Now get out of it. Gladly. But don't oppose me. For if I lose, it will cost you more than you can pay. Well, Mr. Taylor, I lost. But as I warned you, it costs more than you can pay. I have no choice but to accept your challenge. Gentlemen, you will take your positions at ten paces.
4: One, two,
2: three, four, five... Taylor, I warned you not to shine in my way, and you didn't listen. Two mistakes, and now you're going to pay for them both. Ten. Are you ready? Ready. Ready? Fire. (laughs)
4: Doctor, quickly. This is a mortal wound, Doctor.
1: Mr. President, I. Oh, come, Tom, come. Let's sit down here as we used to. Yes, sir. You know, it's peaceful here by the river. We can talk better. You've done a dreadful thing, Tom. Taylor was a fine man. It was a
2: fair fight, sir.
1: Why did it have to happen? I,
2: I didn't mind being defeated for governor. But in the last week of the campaign, Taylor said things about me that...
1: Well, I was never a cool-tempered man. I don't think that's, that, uh, that's it, Tom. You forget that other people have their ambitions, too, and that we've all got to consider each other. I suppose you're right, sir. If you could only learn that, Tom. I, I think I have, sir. I wonder if you'll let me prove it to you. I'd be very glad if you could.
2: Let me run for vice president with you in the next election. What? I mean it, sir. Uh, I'm a different man now. There, there's nothing like defeat to wake a man up. Well, Tom,
1: there you go again, looking at everything from your own point of view and nobody else's. I can't run with you as vice president. Why not, If sir? you'd said yes a few weeks ago when we talked about it, it would be different. But since then, you, you've been defeated in New York... And you killed a man.
2: A tragedy like that might happen to anyone.
1: You made it happen to yourself, Tom. Well, won't you help me anyway, sir?
2: After all, I still have the rest of this term to serve as vice president. All
1: right. but I've already been bitterly criticized in Congress for the whole New York episode. Mr. President, would it help
2: if I left Washington for a while? Running away won't solve anything either, Tom. Well, I wouldn't be running away. My idea is to tour the western states and
1: territories, to, to tighten up the party organization...
2: To prove to you that I have
1: changed. Well, now, that isn't such a bad idea, Tom. You let me go? (laughs) You know, Miss Sarah always says I'm stubborn, and I guess I am. I've always had faith in you, and I hate to give it up. All right, Tom, you can go. I'll go a little further, Tom, and give you another job you can do for me. You ever hear of a man named General Arthur Wilkins? He's uh, a... Sort of a politician in St. Louis, isn't he? Well, I've had information that he's been taking money from foreign countries to get us into war with Mexico. Hmm. I wonder why he hasn't been arrested. Well, it's a very delicate matter, as you can see. When you reach St. Louis, I want you to investigate him, but, but quietly, Tom. I don't want to act against him until I'm absolutely sure of my ground. I'll do my best, Mr. President. Tom, you may fail me, but that isn't the main thing. I don't want you to fail yourself. Mr. President, is it true you've sent Tom Barr on a Western trip? Yes, it is, Fred. I think Tom's learned his lesson. Uh, He'll do a very good job. Yes, a very good job of betraying your confidence. Oh, well, Fred, don't try to punish a man for being involved in a tragedy. Mr. President... He won't strengthen the party for you. He'll do it for himself. I know. How can you know that? Did he tell you? One week before the election in New York, he told Edward Taylor he wanted to set up a party in New England against you. Taylor threw him out of his house. That was the real cause of the quarrel. Are you sure? Taylor's widow told me. Now he'll try the same trick in the West. I tell you, he'll try any crazy scheme to reach the White House. But that isn't all, Mr. President. You also told Barr to investigate Wilkins, didn't you? Yes, I did. Did you know, sir, Wilkins has been in Washington for several days and that he and Barr are friends? Oh, that's impossible, Fred. I know Tom, Tom Barr's hot-headed, but if it were anything worse, I could never have trusted him anything. Wilkins has been trying to foment war with Mexico. What could Tom Barr want with him? I don't know, sir, I don't know. But just now, on my way here to the White House, I saw Wilkins and Barr leaving Barr's house. On their way out of the city, together. Together? Oh, no, I can't believe it. I'm sorry, sir, but those are the facts. If I receive any more information, I'll, I'll bring it to you immediately. Good day, Mr. President. Thank you, Fred. Good day. Goodbye, Miss Ellie.
3: Goodbye, Mr. Harper. Miss Sarah? Yes, coming, Mr. President. Yes, sir?
1: Miss Sarah, get in touch with Captain Drew immediately. I want a full report on Barr's activities at once. Yes,
4: sir? Oh, oh, Mr. Barr.
2: I've just come back to something away from New Orleans, James. Mr. Wilkins expects me, I think.
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come right in. Thank you. Who is it, James? Mr. Barr has come back, sir. Oh, fine, fine. Tom, come in, come in. Coming, Wilkins, Welcome back, Tom. All right, James, you can go and close the door after you. Easy. Privacy, Tom. Just as hard to be sure of here as in Washington. Well, how was your political trip to New Orleans? Do some good work for the president? (laughs) Never mind that. How have you been getting on? Whenever you're ready, I can put together an expedition of 5,000 men. Ready to march into Mexico? As soon as I can stir up enough trouble along the border. Wilkins?
2: That really should strengthen the party for the president, shouldn't it?
3: <laughs> Mr. President, Captain Drew has just come back.
1: I haven't come in, Miss Sarah. Captain Drew? Thanks, Miss Sarah. Good morning, Mr. President. Sit down, Captain. What did you find out? Following
2: your orders, sir, I've been traveling around on Mr. Barr's trail for the past three weeks. What's he up to? I've followed him through New Orleans, Nashville, into Kentucky, through Ohio, and then to St. Louis. And in every town, he's been meeting with the political leaders.
3: Well, that's what he's supposed to do, isn't it, Mr. President?
2: Yes, go on, Captain. That's all, sir? That's all? I haven't been able to learn a single thing of what's going on, if anything is going on. Has he gone anywhere near Wilkins? Not that I know of, sir. They went as far as St. Louis together when they left
3: Washington. But since then... I don't know. Mr. President, could Senator Harper have been wrong?
1: He might have been, sir. I'm afraid I don't think Fred was wrong. Not in a matter like this. What do you want me to do next, sir? Get back on Barr's trail, Captain, and stay on it until we find out what he's really doing.
2: Wilkins, how soon can you assemble your fighting men?
4: In a week, Tom. Then get ready. Good. I've been waiting for you to say those words. You know, Tom, if we can get our expedition into Mexico first, we can carve out a new state and apply to the Union. Might take a few years, but we could get rich, meanwhile. Sometimes you're a fool, Wilkins. Do you
2: think I'm going to all this trouble just to become governor of a state that doesn't even exist yet and make a little
4: money? I want more than money. Power, huh? No good without money. You may have the money, Wilkins. And you, the power? (laughs) I never understand fellows like you, Barr. Wilkins, what if I told you I want to be president? Will you
2: live long enough to be president of the United States? you have the vision of a schoolboy, Wilkins. Not of the United States. What? These western states will form a new nation, Wilkins.
4: You understand? A new nation. That's a name for what you're suggesting, Barr. Treason. You
2: talk about treason, Wilkins.
4: You've been taking pay from a
2: foreign government for a long time... To stir up trouble with Mexico. You're a traitor already,
4: six times over. Leave me out of this, boy. Otherwise, I'll talk. You have to be alive to talk. Uh. All right, Tom, I'm with you. Shall we have a drink?
1: Yes, yes. Mr. President, it's very urgent. Well, come in, Miss Sarah. I'm just finishing breakfast. Oh, you're at work early this morning, Miss Sarah, or am I late?
3: Mr. President, Captain Drew just came. He's very anxious to see you.
1: About Tom Barr. Where is Captain Drew?
3: I brought him right upstairs with me. Captain, come in, please.
4: Thank you.
1: What is it, Captain? I didn't expect you to be back so soon. Mr. President, when I got to St. Louis this last time, I began working on
2: General Wilkins' friends. Yes? One man became very frightened and admitted he's had a letter from Wilkins. I expected it to be about their plans, perhaps not very important. Instead, it's something I knew you had
1: to see immediately. Uh-huh. Well, let me see it. Here you are, sir. Well, listen to this. My dear friend, I'm writing to beg your help. Tom Barr has a wild scheme to split the country in half and set himself up as president. He says he has won the support of leaders in several states and territories and he plans to use the small army I was organizing for the war against Mexico. He has gone completely crazy, and I don't want to follow him. It's too dangerous. All I want now is to get away from Barr. Please help me, signed Arthur Wilkins.
3: Why, it's incredible, Mr. President.
1: Captain Drew, I want Tom Barr arrested on charges of treason, and the moment he's arrested, I want to talk to him here in this room. Here he is, Mr. President. All right, Captain. You may leave us alone. Yes, sir. Sit down, Tom. All right, if you prefer not to. Aren't you curious as to why I wanted to talk to you? To give me another lecture, I suppose. I don't know why you've taken to hating me, Tom. I always tried to help you. You're always in my way, other people are always in mine. That's how we run this country. Each of us must leave room for others. Schoolbook lectures. Tom, at first when I heard of this scheme of yours, I couldn't believe it. I still find it hard to believe that you lied to me and that you were ready to betray your country. I want to build a new country. By cutting ours in half, by setting Americans against each other? By inviting foreign help? Tom, you never took off the blinders, did you? What? All you've ever been able to see is what you wanted yourself. That's why tragedy overtakes you at every turn. That's why so few men have trusted you. I'm one of the very last to do so, Tom. How dare you talk to me about trust?
2: None of this would have happened if you'd sent me abroad as I asked you
1: to. Why, it's a coward's way to blame others. I
2: don't blame anyone but myself. I made the mistake of trusting when I should have distrusted. I made the mistake of believing in all the schoolbook matters of faith, trust, and friendship when I should have trampled on them. No man was ever great in this world unless he put himself above the stupid rules most people live by. We're not bound by those rules. I know that now.
1: We, Tom?
2: We. We. The few in the world who take it forward into the future. Compromise, debate, leave room for others? No. Greatness lies in the genius of individual men. And they leave no room for others.
1: Tom, are you going to talk this way to the court? If I talk to the court at all... There's still time to save yourself, Tom, if you tell the truth. If you put out of your mind all this nonsense you've been telling me...
2: Nonsense? Why do you assume that you're superior to me? This trial can't hurt me... And I'll come out of it stronger in the eyes of the country than before. Not if you talk treason.
1: What treason am I guilty of? Come, time, time and again I've come to your defense, and well, I suppose it's not wise. But I want to try once again. Not for my sake, but for yours. You ought to hate me. I don't you? All your life you've run away. You wouldn't stay in the vice presidency, then you wouldn't accept defeat in New York. You turned to this wild scheme. Now you're going to be tried in a court. You'll have to face the worst that's coming to you. No court can hurt me. Why don't you admit your guilt? I did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong? Don't you know wrong from right anymore? Tom, this is the one chance you've got left to live in peace with yourself. Will you take it? I've done nothing wrong and no court
2: will convict me. I'm not the one who's going to be destroyed. You are. I will be acquitted in the eyes of the court and of the people. After this trial, I promise you the fight of your life to see whom the people will support.
3: Are you ready for the newspaper men, Mr. President? They're in your study.
1: Good. <clears throat> Good morning, Mr. President. Good morning, morning, gentlemen. uh, Gentlemen, I've asked you to come here this morning to tell you something about the conspiracy led by Tom Barr. He is about to be tried for treason, for planning to disrupt our country and set himself at the head of a new nation. The court will decide how grave a legal crime this is. I want my fellow citizens to realize what a crime it is against them personally. It may not be treason to foment a war, as Barr did. It may not be treason to dream of new empires. Men have always done that. But it is treason against you and me and our families and our children to try to destroy the unity in which we live, to destroy the union that guarantees our freedom. That's what must convict Tom Barr of treason, in court or out of it. I've just come from the floor of the Senate, sir. Your statements to the public are causing a lot of consternation. I'm glad to hear it, Fred. But, sir, the, the feeling is that you, you went too far, that you're trying to convict Barr even before his trial. It's a surprise to hear you defending him, Fred. Oh, no, 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 please. I, I, I'm not, but... Uh, don't you see? It looks as if you don't respect the court. Fred, I've got to make people see that Barr's real crime... Well, and I what understand. what it was. I understand, sir. I understand only the court can decide that, though. The court may not convict him, but the trial will point the finger of suspicion at him. He must be brought to trial. He must be exposed before the people. Well, the, the evidence isn't strong against him. The there are always people who will follow a man like Barr... Not just... Now, just suppose he's not convicted. That he learns nothing out of this experience and goes right back to his scheming and plotting. He promised me a real fight if that happens. And I know he will give it to me.
4: The defendant, Thomas Barr, will rise. It is the verdict of this court that you are not Guilty. Not guilty.
3: Either. Not guilty? Judge, not guilty? I don't see how that's possible, Mr. President.
1: Well, it's simple, Miss Sarah. The court said there can't be any treason unless there are two witnesses to an actual act of treason. I knew that. The trial proved Barr's treason as never anything more than a plan. But, Miss Sarah, I got what I wanted. That plan is now exposed.
3: But now your worst fears about Barr may be realized. He's free again. Oh, he's going to
1: fight me, Miss Sarah.
3: I can't forget that he killed Edward Taylor. He might very well.
1: Excuse me, Mr. President. Surely? Mr. President.
3: Mr. Barr. Mr. President.
1: Come in, Tom. I wonder why you've come here.
2: I want you to see me now. The man you couldn't defeat. The man you said was a traitor and who's not guilty. I believe the court, Tom. Do you? Or do you
1: still think you're better than I am?
2: I want you to admit
1: you're Tom, wrong. Tom, I don't consider myself superior to anybody. But you've always been afraid that you're inferior to everybody. Me? inferior? Ha! Huh. The man who stood off the court and every witness you could find, and every twist
2: of public opinion you tried to bring about. I'm glad you did that, because it makes my victory bigger. It makes me bigger. You think you can ever beat me again?
1: I never tried to beat you, Tom. I only tried to save my country, and I think I did. You know as well as I do, I beat you.
2: You've got to admit it. I beat you. Did you, Tom? Did you? Listen to me. I'm not guilty. You'll see. I'll prove it. I'm not guilty. I'll make everybody believe it.
1: All the people. All the people, Tom? Look, it didn't matter whether the court proved you guilty or not. That wasn't why I wanted you brought to trial. I wanted to expose you before the people, and I did. I have already been acquitted by the court. By the court, Tom, but what about the people? I'll beat you, you see. I'll beat you. You'll never stand
3: in my way. Mr. President, Mr. Barr just ran out. He looked half out of his mind. Oh, he's more
1: dangerous than ever, Miss Sarah. He's had a narrow escape. Yes, he's free again, but he's backed into a corner. And he's more desperate than ever. Imagine what a rabble-rouser like Tom Barr might do.
3: Well, they won't listen to him, now. I
1: don't know. They might. So long as he believes in himself the way he does, there's, there's no telling how much harm Tom Barr can do.
3: Mr. President... President. Yes, Miss Sara. Barr. Tom Barr, he's gone. Gone? Gone where? Left the country, sailed for Europe this morning.
1: So he's running away again.
3: But why, Mr. President? From what?
1: From himself, Miss Sarah. He'd won his vindication from the court, and he was prepared to continue his fight against me. Tom Barr was an ambitious man. He tried every method, good and bad, to realize that ambition. He turned every failure into a more desperate plan. But the court cleared yes, him. Yes, the court cleared him. But there is a higher judgment than any court, Miss Sarah. The people. What he wanted he could get only from the people. Once he found that they condemned him, he realized his folly. His own conscience judged him, Miss Sarah. No one man can set himself against all men and not have to face himself in the end. Have you guessed which president this story was about? Mr. President then was Thomas Jefferson. The man I've called Tom Barr this evening was in reality Aaron Burr, who killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel. For his plan of empire, he was tried for treason, and although acquitted, he soon fled to Europe where he lived in poverty. Toward the end of his life, he returned to New York and took up his law practice again, but was never able to live down the treachery of his own deeds. Come and see me again next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you about the White House and Mr. President. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Good night.
0: Mr. Arnold appears as Mr. President by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Sinclair Lewis, cast Timberlane, starring Spencer Tracy, Lana Turner, and Zachary Scott. Mr. President is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert G. Jennings, directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah was played by Betty Lou Gerson. Tonight's story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President Thomas Jefferson. Music composed and conducted by Basil Adams. Be sure to listen again next week when Edward Arnold brings you another story of Mr. President. Now here's a special program note. What's the future for Germany? Be sure to hear this controversial question discussed by experts on America's town meeting next Tuesday night. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.